the world news podcast for smart kids and curious adults, which just turned one year old last week, and we are still celebrating. I'm Mila Shushanka Prickett, and yes, my loyal and loving sidekick, otherwise known as my mama, did give us a cake to celebrate last week. Oh, that is such a kind lie. You made the cake because I was too busy. But you made the icing. <laughs> yes, and I ate most of it. Well, it was still a joint lopsided effort. Like this podcast. <laughs> yep. And listeners, you might remember that we asked you to nominate your favorite stories covered on Newsy Jacuzzi in our first year. Which we put in the repurposed Lucky Dip machine to let it do the math. Mm-hmm. And started the countdown last week with 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, and now... Here are the top, top five stories of Newsy Jacuzzi's first year as nominated by our most loyal listeners. And if you remember, there was a little bit of a cheat at the end of last week's episode, and that the pollution segment was nominated by many of you, even though it actually contained three separate stories. Well, we're at it again. Story number five is also a segment that contains several different stories in one. But hey, you nominated that way, so what can I say? Go on, play the segment, Mama. Five. <laughs> yep, there's just so much dog news these days. From the historical. To the emotional. And technological. To the faithful. So let's begin. At the beginning. As in about 21,000 years ago, when dogs were not domesticated. That means they were not pets, but predators. Siberian gray wolves, to be precise. According to a new investigation published in the U.S. Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Yep, they reckon at the height of the last... Ice Age. Around 21 to 17,000 BC. It got so cold in Siberia, which is that freezing part of northern Russia, that reindeer, wild horses, and bison died off there in the Ice Age, leaving the wolves very hungry. So, what did those clever carnivores do? Oh, they started hanging around and eating the leftovers of those funny two legged creatures. That would be human. <laughs> yes. And according to another recent study, this one coming from the Finnish Food Authority, published in the journal Scientific Reports, ancient humans were carnivores, yes, meat eaters, but by no means exclusively. Their bodies couldn't process a diet of only meat, so there would have been a lot of scrappy leftovers. Which those wolves were quite happy to help themselves to. And the scientists reckoned the ancient humans would have happily done this for a few reasons. First, it meant they both weren't trying to hunt the same animal. Yeah, I get that. How many times have you thrown a dog a bone so it wouldn't bother your picnic? Oh yeah, as long as you throw the bone like quite far away from your picnic, as we know. But also, wolves have super duper hearing and would start to make a fuss if they heard something. So they were the first ever guard dogs. <laughs> yes. And then of course, some clever human realized that if you could tether or tie a piece of wood on a rope to one of those wolves, you mean a sleigh? Yes, bingo! Then you could transport your supplies or firewood or even... Yourself! And that's how wolves became part of the family. 
domesticated. Yep, they started to lose their bloodthirsty hunting instincts and developed all sort of other genetic quirks, which gave us all the different types of breeds of dogs we have today. But it all started with the Siberian gray wolf. So the researchers reckon. From predator to pet. And communicators, too. Another study, this one by some Hungarian researchers, also published in scientific reports, show how some dogs are able to learn human words. Uh, wait. Don't we already know that already? Most dogs know sit, stay, no. Biscuit buddy cookie. <laughs> yes, but that's after a lot of training. Some genius dogs can learn new words after hearing them just Four times, Leela, especially when they learn them during play. Oh, like licky licky. Here's a fluffy frog called Fru Fru. Isn't Fru Fru funny? Fru Fru is also very green and fast. Ah, go get Fru Fru. There you go. <laughs> yeah, something like that. They're speculating it's the way children learn new words around two or three years old, but not all dogs. 20 other dogs couldn't do this. So there are genius dogs. So it seems. Now if only dogs could talk, so we could know what they were thinking. Wait, didn't we do a story months ago about an app that could do just that? Funny you should say that. We did indeed. The Australian developed Happy Pets app, which reckoned it could determine a pet's breed and emotion based on its face. But we have an update on that story. Oh, you mean a top-up? Get it? Ooh, a top-up. I like that. Let's call it top-up time. Okay, whenever we update a story, it'll be top-up time. So the top-up on this story is that a South Korean tech firm has gone one step further. Oh, that sounds like... It's time for... Technology News. Technology News. South Korean developers have created a smart dog caller that can tell you what your dog is thinking, or at least take a good guess. For more on this story, let's go to our Asia Tech correspondent, Yu Ching Liu. Thanks, Leela. This new technology is from a South Korean startup called Petpool's Lab. Get it? It sounds like people, but it's actually pet pools. It's also pretty different from the Australian app Happy Pets in two big ways. First of all, it's both software and hardware. There's a special artificial intelligence, or AI, dog caller, which has a microphone and Wi-Fi that communicates with your smartphone. And instead of analyzing or studying your dog's face to read its emotion, pet pools listen to the bark. After all, that's how dogs talk, right? For over three years, developers gathered different types of barks, analyzing the dog's emotions. Happy, relaxed, anxious, angry, and sad. They studied 10,000 samples from 50 different breeds of dogs. 
all of which they fed into a computer and developed the first ever AI voice recognition technology. This allows the app to listen to your dog's bark and give back a pretty good guess at what it means. It also tracks your pooch's exercise and rest, like a Fitbit for dogs. I'd say that's a pretty cool canine collar, wouldn't you? I'm Yuqing Liu, reporting for Newsy Jack Cousy. Thanks, Yuqing. Super cool canine collar indeed. Yeah, that's a real breakthrough. Dog talk translator this year. It might be Hindi or English translator the next. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, there's one dog in Turkey whose loyalty and devotion needs no translating. Did you hear that story? Oh my gosh, I love this story. Bonkuk, the dog who followed the ambulance, taking its owner to hospital, and then, despite being sent back home several times, kept returning practically a week later until her human was released. How sweet、Aww. is that? Aww, hard to think these faithful friends were once predators. Yeah. Four. What's really important now is to remind ourselves that for the vast majority of people who get COVID-19, it's like having a bad cold or flu, and then you recover. Especially children. Three of my closest friends got it. Two were asymptomatic. That means you don't have any symptoms. Whew! But our very own correspondent Ananya Kazman Roy had a fever for several days last week. We're happy to say she's much better now and wants to share her story. My mom was the first of all of us to get sick, and then it was my nanny, and it was really hard to just like comprehend that two very important people to me had this disease. I was the last to get sick, and it was very mild for me. I was still myself. I. Was still bouncing up and down. I was afraid that I would have to go to the hospital a bit, but like a few days in, I didn't feel like that. I feel like the hardest part was that I couldn't see anyone. Like I had to give myself my own company. Like, but then it was also kind of a relief. Like for the past year, we've been running and hiding from it, and、um, so. It was just a big relief. Also, having it made me realize that like it's actually not so scary. Like when you get it, it may seem very scary, but in the end, like no matter what, it just passes on, and there's always a new day. Thanks a lot, Ananya. You don't know how happy I am that you're doing better. And the more adults who can get vaccinated, the more chances we have of stopping the virus from spreading and mutating further, wherever you are in the world. Three. It's now officially the year of the ox. According to the Chinese New Year, that is. Which is celebrated by hundreds of millions of people from China and Taiwan to Vietnam and South Korea. Never mind people from those countries who live around the world. 
around 1.5 billion people. By some estimates or rough calculations, yes, which is over a fifth of humanity. That's a lot of people. Uh-huh, it's a huge holiday. The question is... Um, why are they celebrating the new year in February? <laughs> Seems confusing, doesn't it? But the holiday is based on the ancient Chinese lunar calendar, which is based on the cycles of the moon, as opposed to the solar calendar that's based on the sun's position in the sky. And that's what most of the world officially uses. But because these holidays are so old, they're based on the old lunar calendar. And that's why Chinese New Year can also be referred to as the Lunar New Year and the Spring Festival, because the first new moon of the lunar year occurs sometime between the end of January and the end of February. So, this year, it was February 12th. Indeed, and because that's the night of a new moon... It's dark. <laughs> so, you light lanterns, set off fireworks... All to banish the darkness and ward off evil. And by the way, only happy thoughts, please. No crying or arguing over the whole festival season, which is about two weeks. Even using scissors is discouraged because it's seen as cutting ties. And this is a period to be reunited with family. As our very own correspondent, Yuching Liu, is about to tell us. Yep, Chinese New Year is a big deal for us. Markets and shops are usually shut all over China and Taiwan as people visit their families. We usually travel to my grandparents' house for a special hot pot feast. That's when a big simmering pot of stock is placed on the table with all the ingredients laid out on special plates around it so everyone can create their own noodle soup combination. For dessert, we have Chinese fortune cupcake and sweet rice cake too. Yum! But of course, since the coronavirus is here, we couldn't go anywhere and had to celebrate on our own this year. Bummer! But we did put a red diamond-shaped paper with Chinese words saying blessings like fortune, wealth, and prosperity on our door. Come the 15th day of the month, we celebrate the Lantern Festival. We would usually buy or make paper lanterns, release them in the air, guess lantern riddles, and my uncle would set off firecrackers. Oh, and of course, we'd eat rolling dumplings called yuan xiao. I love Chinese New Year because I can have fun with my families who I don't get to see very often, eat delicious food, and, oh yeah, get the red envelope filled with money. I'm Yujin Liu reporting for Newsy Jacuzzi. Thanks, Yujin. I can see why you like this holiday. So, Sing Yen Kwai Le, or Happy New Year. Aw, nice one. And out with the rats. And in with the ox. It's time for technology news. Technology news. Tech news. 
And this week, guess what? What? Our tech news is also our oddball to end our show with because this is supposed to be some odd technology. Huh? Well, you planned this one this week. What have you got up your sleeve? You all know Jackson Hoskins, our tech reporter, right? He's been on this podcast a lot. He says there's a dinosaur in his kitchen. What? <laughs> oh, is he playing with his stuffed toys at the table? Mama, he's our tech reporter, not Peppa Pig's little brother. Okay, is he playing with his robotic dinosaur then? No, 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 way cooler than that. <laughs> all right, let's get him on then. Apparently, there is a Tyrannosaurus in his kitchen, Mama. I hope it never saw us. Get it? Dinosaurus. Hey, you guys. Hey, Jackson. You up for a blast from the past? How about a T-Rex stomping through your home? It can be done. Trust me. I trust you, but I don't know if I understand you. Technology, my friend. Thanks to the clever people at Google who've added dinosaurs to their feature of 3D animals. You can have them right there in your house. 3D animals? Aren't all animals in three dimensions, Jackson? (laughs) Very funny. I mean 3D, as in seeing their height, width and depth on your smartphone or tablet. Instead of the normal flat image we usually see. And not just that. You can see these crazy creatures as if they're in your own room. Huh? How do we combine our everyday, real world with a 3D image of an extinct dinosaur? I'll tell you how. Get your smartphone or tablet out. Okay. Here, there you go. It should work well if these devices have been updated with the latest operating system. Unfortunately, it may not work on a desktop computer or laptop. I personally prefer using a smartphone. In the search bar of the Google app, type in the word dinosaur or choose a favourite dinosaur. And if you don't have the Google app, simply do the same search at google.com. When I type in the word dinosaur, I see a picture of a T-Rex in the search results. Hold on a second, Jackson. Let me do that. Aha! If a 3D result is available, you'll see the words view in 3D next to the picture of a small cube or box. Yep, I see that. Click on those words, view in 3D. Hold on, it says I have to give it access to my camera. Can we do that, Mama? Okay, I guess we can always change it back later. Okay, done. Now wait for it to load. Wait for it. This may take a few seconds. Okay, we got it. Cool. Now tap the screen and follow the instructions, pointing the phone's camera towards where you want the animal to appear. In my case, our kitchen, after lunch with the sink full of dirty dishes. And then, bam! Watch out, Leela! Leela, Leela, don't freak everyone out. <laughs> it's just a device. It's 3D augmented reality pretend. Thank goodness. Yeah, it is so cool though, isn't it? It's super cool. This huge Tyrannosaurus appears on the scene. At first, his massive foot thuds into view, taking up most of the screen. You can make the dinosaurs bigger or smaller and move it around by touching the screen. My Tyrannosaurus stomped its way directly to the kitchen sink as if it was about to wash up or rather smash up the dirty dishes. That would have pleased my mum. Huh, yeah, right. It's about to eat my secret summon books. Panic, everybody!
<laughs> that is seriously cool. Not just that it's in 3D, which makes it look so real, but, but that it's appearing like it's in our own room, you know? Totally. You can access lots of fun facts too. Also, it's not just about dinosaurs. There's a whole list of creatures you can try by searching for Google 3D animals. I'm going to do a tiger next. What's about you two? Jackson, I thought that no story could be better than your shocking pub story two weeks ago. But this one is the best. Pretty sizzling, don't you think? <laughs> sizzling. Very good. Very good. Yeah, that dino was really wired. <laughs> oh no, here we go again. Oh, you gotta love those puns. <laughs> Thanks, Jackson. That was Jackson Hoskins, our tech reporter from the south of England. One. Step right step up, right step up, right up. Right up. Have we got the lucky dip machine? The lucky dip machine. What's it going to do today, eh? An oddball, no doubt. An oddball, no doubt. The second story is about as cheap as it comes. A cheap headbutt, to be exact. <clears throat> Leela. But, Mummy, really... I promise, I'm not making this up. In the African country called Botswana, farmers have a big problem with... with lions. The king of the jungle. Not eating them, but their cattle. Oh, man. And that means their livelihood, or all the money they earn. So, Mummy, do you know what they do? Hunt down the lions and kill them. Mm, I'm not surprised. But that's kind of sad too, because eventually there'll be no more lions, like what happened in India. Yep, hunters killed most of India's lions. Disease is killing the last few. Well, a team of conservationists... Scientists who want to save or conserve wildlife... ...from Australia went to Botswana with a crazy idea. Mama, you read this. Okay. This is what Dr. Neil Jordan from the Goop said. Lions are ambush hunters, so they creep up on their prey, get close and jump on them, unseen. But in one case, the impala, that's the animal the lion was hunting, noticed the lion. And when the lion realized it had been spotted, it gave up on the hunt. Right. Oh, I get it. So if a lion's prey, the impala, or in our case, the cow, looks at the lion, it's game over. The lion just goes away. Exactly. So that gave them a crazy idea. What do you think they did? Well, given the cheeky phrase you used at the top of this report, I'm guessing... They drew an eye on each of the cow's butt cheeks, making it a... <laughs> oh my god. A head butt cow. <clears throat> did it work? Well, a scientific study is underway. Half of a herd of cows is going to be stamped with eyes to see if they make it back home each night. They're also using fancy GPS devices to monitor the cows and lions so they can learn more about where the cows are most at risk. Oh, that makes sense. But you know, actually, Leela, this isn't the first time a predator goes away when it thinks it sees the eyes of its prey. Remember in your butterfly book it says that there are some patterns on butterflies resembling eyes? And they're known to deter birds, right? Oh, yeah. And actually, now that I think about it, I've heard that even here in India, for years and years, woodchoppers in the forest wear masks on the back of their heads 
to ward off man-eating tigers. So I guess the logic is the same, right? Wow. But this particular story is more than fascinating. It's pretty cheeky, wouldn't you say? <laughs> cheeky chappy. <laughs> That's all for this week's special birthday celebration, marking one year of Newsy Jacuzzi. We hope you enjoyed this look back at some of the stories you've liked best from our first year. And we thank you so much for listening and supporting us. And telling your friends about us. Super cool. And a little bit of news about the rest of July. We know that it's summer or monsoon for most of us in the Northern Hemisphere. And that means... It's time to go out and play. Yep, so we're going to be taking it a little easy for the rest of the month, too. But the news doesn't stop. No, it does not. So, never fear. We'll be taking quick dips in the newsy jacuzzi. Yes, our closing time is more early. <laughs> and what will these summer special quick dips consist of? Five-minute whizzes around the world of science, tech, art, culture, sports, politics, and even some odd news nuggets, too, to make sure you're informed with a smile. After all, you gotta have some cool things to discuss with your friends and family, right? And that's not all. As five minutes might be too brief, don't worry, we've got you covered. Since all good birthday parties like to give back presents... At least they sure do here in India. For the next three weeks, we're going to share some of our favorite Kids Listen podcasts, factual content like ours. Though you should seriously check out all the fictional storytelling podcasts, too. So stay tuned for some awesome content. Alrighty then, see you next week for some quick dips and guest podcasts in the Newsy Jacuzzi. Oh,